0: Welcome back to another week at Drone DJ. And as you can probably hear, I almost got my voice back. I mean, I still sound like I've been smoking for decades. Um <laughs> <It'd>, anyway.
1: You <laughs> like, hear me. Now I'm the one who's uh, not feeling well because I got COVID. So.
0: <laughs> there you go. So Kirk is kind of trying to balance me. Um, okay, so news this week. We've got an update from Microsoft the Drone Simulator. I kind of like the original simulator too, but they also launched a project AirSim, which we will talk about in just a minute. We also have update from Drone Deploy. Um, it was supporting the Air2 before, and now they've just added the Air2S support. Then we also have an interesting project from UK, which is approving a 165-mile drone superhighway. We'll talk about that in a second. And lastly, the DJI conference every year uh, finally came back for the in-person uh, model this year, and it's back in Vegas in October. That's mostly with a enterprise focus so let's go back to the start of our story kick off with the microsoft simulator and let me just share the story with everyone uh kirk did you have a chance to try the original simulator
1: i did not i uh i've always just now um you know kind of checked out this one i've about actually physically checked this one out of course but yeah no never got to try out the original one this one looks really good though
0: I guess depending on the system, like the computer system, yeah. you're right. If you have... Of really course.
1: Well, yeah, everything's based off that, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we tried uh, the original simulator. I mean, I liked it quite a bit. I like the ability to, you know, not crash my drone in reality, but <laughs> doing it in the simulator definitely breaks the yeah. last of the bank. But I did like the the control seemed uh, really, you know, organic. Like it felt very close to what a drone control, you know, really is. Um, and also, DJI has their simulator too that you mm-hmm. could do from the controller, right? So it's really your preference. I mean, I've also played the talking about the options. Um, I've played the VR with the simulator too. So it really comes down to your computer system capabilities and just your personal preference. You know yeah. which one you prefer.
1: Now, I, this one's definitely uh, mostly more based around for the commercial side of things because it's a uh, the idea of it is basically instead of trying to hash out your ideas and and verify your systems in the real world where you have to get a lot, get through a lot of red tape um, and a lot of challenges to just to kind of do the same things that like, you know, we've seen from other um, air taxi uh, companies are doing either in Europe or here in the United States. You can do this in a simulator and pretty much get to as close as you can get, at least get a lot of things kind of off a lot of the, the, uh, the early hurdles done before you go in the real world testing, which is pretty smart. I mean, it, it, a lot of the stuff, especially in the United States, is not being as friendly as other countries. Um, this was definitely a way to, for U.S. companies, at least, to, to jumpstart their development.
0: It's good to test the uh, proof of concept, for sure. Um, personally, I still prefer, like, I'm a little more experiential. Uh-huh. Uh, I would rather take a mini two or mini three and just go try smashing it up oh, and of course. Different things and, and see what happens. But again, that's just me, right?
1: I mean, there's two ways of doing, of doing everything. And, and coming from the space industry, we've, we've actually been able to see this and like happen in real time where uh, SpaceX is down in Texas, like blowing up rockets. Like a few years ago, they were just blowing them up left and right, uh, trying to build this rocket versus uh, NASA's approach where everything was done on paper and simulations. And then they double checked everything and, I triple checked everything. Yeah, uh, and then that, now they have a rocket that's going to be launching in a few months that they're both going to be certified to fly just in two different ways,
0: different approaches for sure. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm just a little more experiential, and I just uh-huh. find um you know the whole point of drone industry is the. Entry level barrier is much lower than your traditional aviation. Like you don't see people to say, Hey, I want to try a new 777. (laughs) Let's just take it for a spin and see what happens. Um, but you can do that with drones now. You can spend, Mm. you know, a thousand dollars if, um, you know, buying a mini three, take it up in the air and see if you like it or not. But I find, obviously, if you want to go with more of a professional or commercial testing, um, there's definitely a lot more
1: involved. Yeah. This would be interesting to see, though, like if you're trying to if you want to try to practice operating a a swarm of, uh, of drones, you know, and not having to like actually get a swarm of drones and like actually fly it. You can just throw this in a simulation and be like, oh, I guess I. I guess it does kind of work. It's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. It's like um, stuff like that. That might be pretty awesome. Yeah, but individual drones. Yeah, just just buy one and fly it out there. Just don't run into a tree like I did in my first 30 <laughs> minutes. Just...
0: <laughs> there you go. Um, so if anyone is, you know, planning to try it or has tried it, have, have any user feedback, please let us know. Now, next, we have a drone deploy update, which is now supporting the Air 2S. Yeah. Um, I guess you also have to look past the headlines right to see <laughs> what the details are. I remember when Drone deploy started uh, supporting the air two um it was not the fully uh automated mission that it was supporting yeah. so you still have to collect the data manually and then you can run it through drone deploy for processing so it really depends on me what I'm seeing across the board is basically if you look at DJI Fly app, either on the, you know, Air 2, Air 2S, the Mini 2, Mini 3, uh, and the Mavic 3. Just the uh, SDK isn't fully open. Mm-hmm. So you can't really do, you know, full features on them. The one app I did try and I still like is the Leachy app, which is yep. now working with the Mini 2.
1: Yeah, and the, yes, yeah, so Gendry deploy. Kind of stated that the the reason why like they kind of do a, a side step around the, the the limited SDK to kind of get full autonomous flight um, services up. Yeah, but Lychee is like what you saw like twenty dollars a year and and drone deploy is uh, ninety nine a month, I think or something like that. Like it's it's not they're I, not even close. I, yeah, yeah I they're mean, not I, even I, close.
0: I, I keep in mind, Lychee is more for filming. I really like you can do waypoint flight and you can program your camera to do different angles and different actions from point to point. Like personally, I, I love it. If I can manually fly, you know, a location, and get sort of the shots I want and then program it through Lychee, um, I, I still love it. And they actually have a really good uh, Facebook group as well. They have a pretty good, you know, online platform where people kind of share their flight path and share information. So they've got a good community going. And if you ask me, you know, the dollar, a month, you definitely get a lot more for the bug by you know paying 20 bucks for the year and running a lychee app um mm-hmm. obviously but what drone deploys more of the mapping processing features right
1: yeah it would be interesting to see I, you suggested i should try out lychee just to kind of get some because i haven't really played around with third-party apps with with drones so it'd be interesting to see kind of compare them with a you know maybe get a trial of a drone deploy just to try them out and compare the two
0: so caution is, Liqi. only after one year of Mini 2 release, they were able to release support for Mini 2. So I mm. suspect, you know, if you're using newer drones like Mini 3 or Mavic 3, it will still be a while before it's supported.
1: Yep. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: Now, next news is, wow, this headline actually sounds very interesting. I guess, again, we we'll have to look past it. 165 mile drone super highway project and looking at the map here looks like wow, 265 kilometers you know that's quite a bit of distance
1: it is and it's it's actually kind of a, a pretty smart idea for for our country to kind of like focus similar to uh the uk kind of uh compared it to their um when they started doing railroads you know they kind of they set up uh places you know where, where you can use the railroad tracks. Uh, and so the idea is between certain uh, between these major company uh, country, uh, not country, cities, your Cambridge, Oxford um, and stuff like that, uh, you would have pretty much a more safer way for drones to travel. Uh, instead of having to worry about where everyone else is, um, there would be like these beacons on the ground that they would connect, they would um, communicate with and they would know where all the drones are. So you don't necessarily have to worry about. Oh, what's in front of me? What's the side of me? What's what's behind me? You just go, okay. This is where I have to be, and I know that I'm not going to hit anyone if I'm in this area. If I'm in this spot,
0: which is very similar to your traditional aviation aviation. Yes, that too. That very similar
1: have, like, to what air traffic control does with when you're when you're flying a commercial airline. No, they tell you be there. You don't have to worry about hitting anyone. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. Um. From air traffic control perspective, I mean, this is something that everyone wants to see, including, you know, Amazon and all the other countries Mm -hmm. is creating the highway in the sky and layering it properly. Because if you look at how, you know, general passenger airplanes fly, they take off from the terminal, which is your airport, Mm -hmm. and then they climb to their cruising altitude, which is, you know, tens of thousands of feet up, and then they cruise from there to their destination. So if you look at that and if you design the drone highway and assign it a specific altitude, a specific route, um, then you're separating the traffic, right? Just like mm-hmm. traffic on the ground, you've got regular highways and then you've got local roads, you've got streets where it's a lot more congested. So in theory, that's what we all would want to see. So I'm really interested to see how this project um pans out because essentially you need to get everyone to work together you need to get air traffic control to work together mm-hmm. right you need to make sure the highway is obviously infrastructure is there you know yeah. either it's the beacons yeah. you know your nav is you know there needs to be infrastructure that's actually there guiding the whole process
1: one um, uh, one thing that i think that would be nice to make sure there is is that i didn't see anything about altitude and how high these areas would be and I don't know what the rule, I don't know what the laws are in England for altitude for drone flights. But every base that here in the United States, like if we're doing something here in the United States, would be 400 feet. Yeah. Um, it would be nice that this was above 400 feet, like where there would be. If you're using this, you have a waiver that go above 400 feet. It's like between 400 and 500, and then planes can't go in the area, and then you're out of the range. You're not intruding in the uh, where other drones the normal be flying drone in. flights. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of like not you're yeah. not. I mean. You can, I mean, 400, 500 feet, you know, you're not going to see a lot of planes flying there unless it's like, a, you know, your your Sunday SESTA uh, pilot going out there for a Sunday cruise in the air. But, you know, they can easily go up to, you know, 550 or something like that without, without two issues.
0: So I'm seeing two challenges with that. One is drone pilots have gotten used to 400 feet. And the reason being is, you know, typically your general aviation should stay 500 feet and above. I mean, generally speaking. So you're giving like a hundred feet, you know, barrier in between, right? So it's again, you know, are you feeling that barrier with drone taxis or delivery or are you finding, are you limiting regular drones to below, let's say 300 and give the 100 to the drone delivery, the highway guys, and then another hundred. I mean, I'm not an infrastructure designer. I can not tell you (laughs) that's right, but I can tell you that. The first, the first challenge would be is to keep your regular Cessna's above five hundred feet. Like you don't <laughs> see passenger or cargo airplanes, you know, go below thousands of feet when they're outside yeah. of the terminal area. I was,
1: I was flying out the other um a few weeks ago, and there was a guy flying not not really close to me. Like you could see them, but then you could tell they were probably like five or so miles away. Uh, but it was definitely below. Definitely that 500, 400 feet area, which and is a they little... And don't, they
0: don't turn on their transponders. Like they either don't have one or they don't turn it on. They're not in transponder airspace. So to me, it's like if we can throw a transponder on, you know, on Air 2S and have ads b capability where airplanes can see where the drone is. I want to see where the general, you know, airplanes are. They should have those on. Yeah.
1: But I here In the, in the, the States, States like ADS-B out, out is required, I believe, starting this year or last year, I think it was. Yeah. I don't know how it is in Canada. But yeah, down here, it is like all planes
0: it started, have yeah. to have it
1: out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I,
0: and I'm sure there's some...
1: That's a really good progress. It is. It's really smart.
0: That's a really good progress because rules have to go both ways. General aviation or, you know, amend... Um mm-hmm. aircraft like drones, that, that rule has to go both ways. Because
1: if you're a drone operator in a kind of a busy airspace area with a lot of like commercial um like private um, more uh not commercial but uh what was like just fun pilots flying around if you're in that area, um you can put together an ADS V receiver with a Raspberry Pi um and uh find an app that's relatively cheap, like for flight or something like that, and see all this stuff um relatively cheap. Actually, if you're not even if you're just doing my background was doing this for for a natural light like, company, but like if you're if you're just using I think uh I think if you're using one of the Raspberry Pi features I think you don't even need an app you can just uh, connect to the uh, Bluetooth and go to the IP address.
0: But do they have to do they have to have their ADSB on or their transponder on? Uh,
1: well, you want to see the tra- you just see the ADSB out. That's what you'll see because I think everyone yeah. has to get ADSB out. Um, you want to see the transponder like you would see like at an air traffic control. I think that's that's something more complicated. So you to me, to- like
0: if they have their ADSB out.
1: You should be they're able to see their, their relatively... You see their altitude and, and rel- close enough location. But not
0: all of them had their ADSB up.
1: Yeah, there's always the going to be people who aren't going to be following the rules. And I, I, I know. My experience in the general aviation is that there's a lot of old farts that really don't like when the rules change. And
0: it's their life on the line. I mean, yeah. I don't want to crash my big drone with, you know, two um, 16,000 milliamp, you know, lipo batteries in their engine. It's going to bring yeah. them down. It's their life on the line. So I... I, I think they should take their safety a little more serious. And but if we're again,
1: gonna be if we're gonna be required to have remote ID out. They should be required to have uh, again
0: going both yeah, ways. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. There is both ways.
1: It's gonna be going both ways, and that's a whole other story.
0: There you go. <laughs> Uh okay, final story for this week. Airworks is back to be in person again and back in Vegas this year, October 10th to 12th. Hey, I was and at the this, is, this is the DJI event, right? Mm-hmm. This is really the DJI annual conference of the year, and it's more targeting the uh enterprise market. So if you look at it, let's say if we look at conference, uh with that's like chat. Got...
1: There wasn't much there. It looks like there's a lot more on the website now. Definitely, so awesome. yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I hope they would have their drone because they they're saying this is the year they're gonna have their drone demo. So I hope they would have their drone box there, um, because from I what really I hear can. is the actual product availability won't be until you know last last month of this year or mm-hmm. early of uh, of next year. But yeah, I'm they, really they have to have
1: at least demo units units. Yeah, ready I'm hoping to now. at least
0: see it in action. Um, so like i said you know again it's just the fact the airworks is back to be in person this year is exciting because we've had two years of you know obviously remote um and then plus this would also be the first year where you know um sort of everyone knew the face of dji in states was brandon schumann and now he's moved on to Mm -hmm. a different venture so it'll be interesting to see how this is actually run this year
1: I, uh, yeah, it'd be cool if we can get go. we can go, maybe find someone to to bring us out because that would be really fun. We could probably have some, do some cool things out there. I, uh, would love to go back to the Mirage. It's a very nice hotel. Uh, I got lost in it last year, uh, for CES this year, but, uh, I found my way. (laughs) It's a big hotel. (laughs) So yeah, it should be, uh, hopefully super fun. Uh, super looking, cool event. I'm a lot of the enterprise stuff just really like intrigues me just as like, uh, like, I, they could do so many th- more things than, you know, I originally thought when I, you know, more got into the drones. So.
0: Definitely. And I'm just looking forward to see, um, especially in this fall, you know, if there's any new units coming out from DJI to support it, uh, to support the enterprise side. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, that's all the news we've got for you this week. We kicked off with a Microsoft Simulator update, then drone deploy now supporting the Air 2S. Uh, the drone highway project and especially if any of our audience is in UK, please share your thoughts with us. And at last is the DJI annual event back to be in person again this year. So that's all the news we've got for y'all and I uh, look forward to seeing you next week.